Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Welcome back to Conversations with Toy and we are now at episode number two and I just want to first of all thank you. Thank you for listening to the first podcast which was more like an introduction and again I think we're going to learn you're going to learn more about me as time goes along and so I'm super grateful. I'm super grateful for my um, amazing friends. I'm super grateful for the connections that I have. I'm super grateful for just people engaging with this podcast because it's this is almost like a new baby when you know you bring your new baby home and you're super excited but you're kind of nervous you don't know what you're you know what you're capable of or how everything is going to go so I'm super super grateful that it's been received it's been received well and the goal for me really with this podcast isn't is really just because I want it to be more of an of an encouragement of an encouragement you know, because we all have so many things going on. And that brings me to episode number two. So on Fridays, oftentimes on the blog, I do what's called a check in Fridays. And it's sometimes I do where I do like a checkup, you know, for the week, you know, what you've missed on the blog and things of that of that case. But today I wanted to focus on like, more mental health and how we're getting through with, you know, the pandemic and COVID because times are really changing. You know, I'm here in Philadelphia and every new day there's a new announcement that changes really how we move. We haven't really been on full green and I'm not sure when that's going to even happen. What's that even going to look like if I'm quite honest? So, you know, as these announcements come in every day and with me, you know, I'm dealing with my family. We're kind of just, we still kind of, been. Well, let's not say kind of, we have been quarantining still and we do that for our own personal health. And again, everybody has their own thoughts and processes, what they believe should be happening, should not be happening, what works best for them and what works best for us is to continue to stay in quarantine. We want to make sure that we can be as safe as we possibly can. And with that, you know, if we're going to do a mental health check-in today, I have to be honest about like, where I am. Um, I haven't seen my family. And when I say I haven't seen my family, I'm talking about like my siblings. I'm talking about why well, I should say one sibling. And I'm talking about my parents and my nieces. And um, I had several extended family members that just, you know, have gotten over COVID. And I know we get sick of tired of hearing it. But can we talk about how we are and where we are mentally? Because I know we're supposed to come and we're supposed to be really polished and we're supposed to look really good and shine like gold and diamonds and we're not supposed to be flawed in any type of way. But the reality of it is, is that's not always the case. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me and a small other amount of people, but it's I'm not there. I am having moments where the stress of trying to figure out where everything, you know, what is all going to happen is really overwhelming. And we just got the announcement. Now, I live in Philadelphia. My children do not go to the school district of Philadelphia. However, because it's one of the bigger 
um, school districts, a lot of the districts where, you know, where my kids are in private school, they follow a lot of those, the protocols that that district takes. So it's a lot of up and down where dealing with, you know, are the kids going back to school and just dealing with how to maintain balance? Like, I don't even know, like I used to think balance meant something completely different than what I feel right now. You know, I had the outlet, I would go out and I would do these different things and I would go and I would hang out with my friends and I would have my me time and I would have my, you know, bay time or my time with my husband and I would have time with the kids individually and collectively. And so I made space for all of these different compartments and I'm still doing it, but it's so much harder because you really can't go out as much as you want to. You really can't, you don't have the focus of doing the same things that you did before And everybody's like, well, you know, you should just be grateful that you're alive and you're healthy. I am grateful for life, right? I am, I am grateful for health, but part of the movement or should say almost non-existent movement is the fact that you're still having to figure out how you're dealing with mentally. Like how is your emotions? How are your emotions right now? Because for me, I find myself, if I'm going to be honest, this is going to be extremely blunt, but I find myself many days like either crying or at the point of like stopping myself from crying like having all this pent-up emotion and I don't feel like it's like that I'm pinting it up because I don't feel like it's valuable to speak up where I don't find that it's valuable to have these emotions but I find myself with these big emotions and I feel like not a lot of space to put it because you know my creativity is is on the you know is being pushed harder in one aspect but other areas are being pushed as well. And this like, it's almost like when you get a massage, there's points of it where it hurts. And then there's points of it, like when you feel the benefits of it, we know that a lot of the things that we're having to do is going to have greater benefit, but the points of mashing hurts. Like I'm tired of seeing my family on FaceTime. I want to see them and give them hugs. I want to do more than what I'm doing but I also want to have peace. I want to know that the decisions that I'm making are going to be beneficial and that I'm not feeling like guilty that something is happening. Like I just talked to a family member um, that was on a ventilator and I had not talked to her and it's been weeks hearing her voice, even though she's struggling to breathe, it was like the reminder. But then even in that, it's like, I don't want to be put in that position. And so it's a lot of, and I know it's like, you're not supposed to fear. Like I listen, I'm a PK. I've said this plenty of times. You don't know what a PK is. That is a preacher's kid. So you're not supposed to have fear and love and all these things casts out fear. I don't know if you want to call it worry. I don't know what you want to call it, but whatever the word choice that fits your spirit, that is like what I'm feeling. So I pray often and I journal and I do all these different things and you can do yoga and you work out and you do all these different things to try to get your mental state together. But if I'm going to be honest, there are so many moments where I feel like I'm losing my grip. And I'm already like a strong personality. I'm already a type of person as a type A personality. Things have got to be in their place. And I can't really control a lot of things that are happening right now. And so, yeah, I can control certain little things. And so I find myself gravitating towards the things that I can control, but the things I can't, the stuff that I can control no longer outweighs the stuff that I cannot. So if you are like me 
And maybe you're not like me, but in your own way and you feel like you're struggling, but it's like taboo to say that you're struggling because reality of it is like everyone says, well, you should be grateful that you're alive. You should be grateful that you're healthy. You should be grateful that your children are okay. There's a lot of things to be grateful. And I'm always the type of person that's going to always talk about gratitude, like being grateful and having gratitude in your heart is so super important to me because if I'm not careful, I can be like a habitual um, complainer just by nature, like just always negative. And this was I should say that let me say that was the way that I was in my past. And so I'm always very cognizant of myself if I start to get into a pattern, but I can always tell, I can always tell when I'm getting into this pattern, because like every little thing will be like, but this but that but this. So I'm very cognizant of always trying to be grateful and always trying to be thankful and find gratitude. Um, And it's not hard, like used to be hard. You know what I mean? You give the same, you know, back in the day in church, you used to say, I thank God for my health, my life, and my strength, right? Health, life, strength. Super easy, right off the top. I have not stepped my foot into a church in so long. I can tell you every rhetoric. I There's nobody that could out PK preacher's kid me. They cannot. Nobody you would be able to find. But at the same time, even beyond all that rhetoric, there's still a person, a human like myself, who's dealing with real life situations. And therefore, I'm trying to make sure that ups, upstairs in my head is clear so that the things that are in my heart, which I'm so grateful that the things that I feel like are in my heart are good. And when I find that it's not, I work through that. They can align. But baby, let me tell you, that headset, that mindset, that that anger, that frustration, it comes out in so many different ways. I find myself, I am a, um, a yeller which I, it's weird. I am a yeller. I recognize that I yell, but then I'm like always trying to change that. And I can always tell like if I'm super angry because I'll talk extremely, like I am a fast talker. I try to do my best to like slow down so that everyone can understand me, especially for podcasting reasons. But naturally, if I was upset, I mean, you probably think I was whatever you want to think, but I can speak very, 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 very fast. It's just like just being really hype. Like I was always just like a hype kid. And so I'm always cognizant. I'm like always trying to work through that. And it's just, it's an up and down situation. So if you are like me and you're struggling, I understand how you're feeling because everyone else is like, you should be okay. And you should not feel this way. And you need to look at the brighter side side of things And I'm looking at the sun like glasses on, sun is in my face, looking at the bright side of things. But I just always like to be, you know, have a reality of like a more, you know, this is where I'm at. And I like to be honest because I feel like a lot of times we're just not honest. We're not honest with other people because we want people to see us at our best. It's easier if you come on my blog and you're like, wow, I love her, her content. You know, she's always smiling at her pictures. Like for the reality of it is like, who's going to post a raggedy picture? Like I'm not going to necessarily post a raggedy picture, but I have done it. I've done it purposely to show like if somebody snapped a picture of me or something and it just worked because I'm trying to show people that there are always two sides. Everybody is not always smiling. Like it's just not a thing and everybody is not always happy. And although I have joy, so there's a difference between joy and happiness. See, when you have joy, you know that everything's going to be okay. And you may have your moments, but you genuinely just try to have an upbeat demeanor because you already know that you're good. Like at the end of the day, you know, you're going to come out no matter how difficult a situation is. But that doesn't mean that I'm always happy. Right? I have moments where I'm not always happy. 
So I have moments where I feel disappointment and I have moments when I feel scared and I have moments when I'm afraid and I have moments when I want to cry. And those are all extremely, extremely real. And I think the more that we get out of this facade of always trying to put on, like you can put on for your city, you can put on for a lot of things, but you got to stop putting on for people. Because you will tap dance a dance that you can't always keep up if you don't figure out how to be yourself at all given times. I am over the whole tap dancing like, you know, and I'm not going to be and let's be let's let's balance that. Because sometimes we use the excuse of this is who I am because we want to just be malicious and mean or we claim that we don't know that we're malicious and mean. If you have a thousand people saying the same thing about you, then that is who you might want to do a little self check, a real one, a a deep dive into Sis, this is you, brother, this is you. I'm very cognizant. I used to be so upset. And so listen, you don't talk about Miss Jenkins. Like, don't tell me how I am and don't tell me how bad I am because I don't want to hear it. But my mom used to always say everybody is not telling the same lie. So you keep getting the same characteristics being drawn about you. You got to do the work. And so I'm very cognizant of that. So sometimes we use this excuse of this is just who I am because we don't want to do the work of changing you know, the natural or the ugly attributes that we're showing other people. And so I worked through that. But let's be real on the other side of, you know, you done did the work, you are balancing yourself out. But God, you're just having a bad moment. Like those are bad moments. Um, If I'm honest, and I know the people in my house know, you know, I have these waves and again, because when you deal with depression, you deal with anxiety, you have to always be aware of who you are. You have to be aware of what you're dealing with and you have to be aware of your triggers and your triggers for me are more episodic. So when something happens, be it small or be it big, it reminds me of something else. It reminds me that I don't have control. And then therefore, if I give into it, I will lose all kinds of control. If I stay grounded in the midst of it, I'll get upset. I'll get mad. I'll get worried. But I can keep myself at a calm. And it took a lot of years to get to the point where I can be mad, be upset, be frustrated, but be at a calm. Because who really wants to be around somebody that can go from zero to 100? Like, I'm not Drake, right? This is not a rap song. This is real life. Nobody wants to be around somebody that's you never know what you're going to get. So I work on that. I work on that quite often. And that took and it still takes therapy. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. I talked to Jesus in prayer. I talked to my therapist as much as I feel like I should, because that's something that we should be doing. And let me just say, because I know there's a lot of, you know, there could be a lot of faith-based people that are listening to this and are just like, you know, I talked to my pastor. I'm not anti-pastor. I've had been burnt terribly by my ex-pastor, which we will not be discussing. At least I don't believe so on this podcast, but um, it took me a while to step away from, you know, going to church, loving the Lord and church folk. But since this is not a church podcast, we're just going to let that go. But um, learning to talk to a therapist versus your pastor simply means that your therapist can also be someone who is of, a, of faith, right? They can be a faith-based based therapist, but they have to have the skill sets to be able to draw out of you the things that need to be drawn out. And then once you get it to be, once you get something to the surface, how to deal with that. 
Sometimes we just talk because we want to heal and we're upset and we're angry. But once we get to this angry part and we discuss how angry we are, we have no type of solution that comes from that. And so that's what, to me, my experiences, my personal experiences is that that's what a therapist is to me. Someone that can draw out the things that you have deep inside of you. And once they get it to the surface and you're able to deal with it and and come to have your moment where you're like, yes, that is what it is. They give you this the skill sets to deal with that because you know you could talk about a situation and healing at least for me has been up and down so therefore there are moments when I have been healed about something but if something will remind me I have to then go back and figure out why are you being why are you being struggled what's the struggle in that and so you know healing is up and down it goes up and down sideways it goes a million different ways I think healing is always a presence of mind that you have to be able to get to a place where you're like, okay, I am upset by whatever is happening. Like I said, I have what's called episodic depression. I've been diagnosed. And I accept that. And with that exception, I am doing everything that I exception, I'm doing everything that I can to be aware that usually it's something from like my childhood, something will happen where I feel like I'm not safe, or I feel like I'm like I used like my okay, when I was like in high school, now college, I used to sleep with my clothes on. Now I'm like, why was I sleeping with my clothes on? But then I remember back in my childhood, there was moments where I was like, okay, something would happen. We need to leave, you know, at a moment's notice for whatever it was. And I found that once I got into college for whatever reason, well, because I was dating my, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, we were having some issues. And just like, when you get into a romantic relationship with someone, it will either make you better or it can make you worse. And for me, it wasn't that he was making me worse because then there would be no reason for us to really have done our work to be where we are right now. But having somebody put that mirror to me and say, this is an acceptable behavior. Like this is, did you notice you were doing this? You know, calling it out as I like to say, and having that romantic relationship again, it's like a mirror. That's why being marriage is so hard because being married is like having this constant mirror of, things you have to work on as much as we want to yell at that person for the other person about what they should or should not be doing once we reflect that our issues with them and we reflect it back it still could be an issue that they need to fix but there's always something in that when we talk about what somebody else is doing it's always a reflection back to something that we need to deal with now again I say that does not take away from the bad attributes that that person is showing but it's something that we have to work through and so when I got into therapy and I'm realizing that you know these small triggers, again, episodic would be bringing these things up. And so then I can spiral if I'm not careful and not aware, like, you know, why do you feel that way? Oh, you're feeling that way, because you've remembered, like when you were a kid, you know, A, B and C was happening. And so now, again, knowing that knowing where I'm at, these are the types of conversations that I have with people, because they may not be aware that they may be dealing with these types of situations. You know, we're calling the conversations with toy, but we have to have straight up conversations so that somebody else can say, you know what, I got to go get myself together. She's right. Let me go. Let me go deal with these these things that I'm dealing with. So um, COVID times has been pushing people's mental state to the limit. I am grateful for seeing that there's a lot of like Zoom therapy. I don't I, I don't want to call it Zoom therapy. I want to say mobile therapy. Let's call it mobile therapy because I've had mobile therapy in the past way before Zoom was even a thing. And it was super convenient because of my schedule and just dealing with the kids and family. And um, but mobile therapy is like, I feel like it's one of those things that it's like super amazing because you feel like 
regardless of what's happening, you literally feel like somebody is like at your, your fingertips. Now that doesn't mean you get to call your therapist up and um, get on their nerves and call them 20 million times. And let me not use this word to get on your nerves because there could be somebody that could be triggered by that by feeling like somebody's not there for them. And that's not what I mean. I'm saying with mobile therapy, you have to make an appointment, but you're still has the convenience of being in a safe place where you feel comfortable. Some people actually can speak to the therapist more or can actually open up more when they're not face to face. It just works for some and may not work for all. But during uh, quarantine and, and, and COVID times, people may need to have mobile therapy become their go to. And I know for me, it works because again, it just feels like it's it's so convenient. And I feel like I can kind of let my guard, I'm, I'm always going to, I'm not wasting my coin because for me, I've never gotten to the point where mobile therapy has been in any ways free. Um, so I'm always like, if it's in person or if it's on mobile, I'm going to speak because I got to get this out and because I want to get better. Like I don't want to keep feeling the way that I'm feeling. And so Again, I know if you have the ability after, you know, maybe you've had an established relationship with your therapist and you can get to the point where you do mobile therapy, it's a great tool. I kind of wish that they would do it for schools, especially because, again, I went back to the Philadelphia School District. They're doing a hybrid um, model where as of right now, they're going to be doing two days in school and then three days at home. Uh, I have so many questions and flaws about that as far as I, I'm not a fan of that. As I know, there's a lot of people just like, I just want my kids to get out. Listen, my kids are breaking me down on a daily, but I rather for them to break me down and get on my nerves and me teach them, which listen, I'm not saying that I want to do it. I'm just saying that if it came down to doing it, it is what it is. And um, they need a mobile therapist in every school district, every school that can set up appointments to have conversation with the kids because they're suffering just as much as we are as much as I want to be like oh I'm so stressed out I don't want to do this I mean think about it from their perspective they're used to having interactions every single day now they're not so do I think mobile therapist is great yes and I wish that we can get more of that for children my kids had it I'm grateful that um, my husband and I have been always been on agreement of making sure that they have whatever it is they need have because you know what I literally could buy them things right? God has been really good to me. I, my husband, we literally can buy them a lot of things if we felt like it. But the biggest thing that I could give them is emotional stability and mental stability and showing them that if they find that they don't feel right about certain things, because let's be honest with you, like if I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling, there's a good chance that I don't know if it's hereditary or it gets passed down, but there's a good chance that they too could be dealing with the same thing. So I try to mirror what that looks like that if you're having a moment and you're like feeling like you've lost control or you feel like you're not your mind is not all together like these are the types of resources that you should be looking into because what is the point of having them and having children and then not preparing them for the real world if I can't say to them this is how you navigate the mental health uh, system this is how you navigate the financial system like we have to give them the skill set so they can be successful so we do the same thing, even at their ages. Again, I have 11, 8, and a 6. We show them according to their ages, like, what's mental health? What does it look like? How do you feel? Check in with yourself. Have conversations with them. How are you feeling? They are allowed to be honest with me. And I know a lot of parents are going to be like, girl, don't do it. Don't do it. But I want them to be honest with me. Like, my kids will tell me, mommy, I didn't like the way you said that. They are super respectful. I've never had one of them get in my face 
Um, I don't think they, I don't think they're really aware that we're not, I'm not, not made for that type of lifestyle, but they have been honest and said, you know, mommy, you, you said something that I didn't like the way that you delivered. It was not okay. I felt upset when you did this, or I felt upset because I felt like you were picking on me. They are allowed to be um, honest because how can we tell them to be honest and to have open conversations when they become, I guess we got away from them to become a grown, what, 18 or something, then they can be honest or um, no, or we know we got to wait till we ain't paying their bills. Like there's a whole level of life that happens between birth and paying their own bills that they can't even navigate and speak to someone and be authentic about what it is that they have going on because we have to make sure that we stunt them so that they can respect. Like if they don't respect you by just living the way you're supposed to and having that, you know, stern, like, listen, don't, don't, don't do it. That don't do it situation but they also should be able to be honest. And I, and I hope I listen, my biggest prayer has nothing to do with if they go to college or not, because you can, you can literally become a business owner and do a lot without even stepping foot into a college. Um, and I'm a college graduate and so is my husband. I'm not, I'm not pushing my children and I'm not trying to spend that extra money for them to be like, I'm not here for it. Now, do I think they should take college courses? Yes. I'm here for them to go to community college and get some college courses or take business courses or take art school or whatever they want to do. But everything is not about always about a four year degree. Like I'd rather for them to find where their niche is in the world and then be successful at that. And so the tools that we have to give them sometimes are about mental health, sometimes are about financial literacy, because who else is going to give them that? Do you really believe that they're going to start doing that in school? These kids, a lot of times can't, a lot of kids don't even know anything about savings. I have no idea about credit. So I have to be, my husband and I have to be those teachers of that. Um, so yes, I feel very strongly about talking about mental health. It does not embarrass me at all. Um, a part of my blog, I've gotten a lot of questions over the years about why do I speak so fluidly about the things that I've been through? Number one reason. There is someone else in this whole entire nation that has been through the same exact thing, but felt like they were completely alone because we are not supposed to talk about those types of things. Do you know how connected you actually are to other people around you, but you won't share your story because you're ashamed? No, what? There's so many things that I'm not proud of, but there's a lot of things that I would that I can't. I don't know what I would say that I'm ashamed of or I don't feel like I've gotten to the point where I can use it as a testimony or any of that, because the reality of it is, is like, you can't shame somebody that owns what they've done. You cannot shame somebody that's like, listen, that's me, my bad. You know, this is where I was at. This is where I'm at now. I try to walk in that as much as possible because we're all connected. We all go through the same types of things at different times and different seasons of our lives. And we don't talk about it because we don't want someone to, to judge us. They going to be judging you anyway. Even if I was to do everything according to the world's standards. And, and now at this point, I don't even know what the world standards even looks like. Everybody is so argumentative and judgmental and and just angry and, and so much stuff going on. I don't back in the day, like back in, I say that back in the day, like I'm extra old. But when I was younger, there used to be like standards. Now standards, I'm like, I don't know if we can really call it a standard. But even if I did it according to whatever everyone thought was a good standard, they're going to talk about me no matter what. Because of course, while I was doing that and accomplishing whatever standard it was, I didn't do it the way they wanted it to be done. So 
I no longer try to get into this whole, you know, have certain standards about certain things. Now, I, I'm not saying I don't have standards, but I make sure that if anybody that's going to be proud of the standard that I'm going to have, it's going to be me. Like I need to be able to be okay with the dis- decisions that I made or the things that I say or the things that I do, the way that I walk. Those are the types of things that I try to walk in. I don't know how everyone is feeling. And I just want to say that, you know, I'm going to keep saying that and keep saying that because this is supposed to be like a really good check in today about how we're all doing. Can we also talk about relationships? Again, relationships are supposed to be a mirror. So when you find you can't keep attract. See, this is the thing we I when I was younger, I used to have this what I would call like a bad boy stage. I might have dated two or three, I guess, guys that would be considered bad boys. Uh, a couple of them that maybe two that were like church guys. Now, granted, when you're a PK, it's like completely taboo to marry or talk to date anybody that's not like the pastor of somebody's son, um, the son of the pastor, the minute, the cousin of the, you know what I mean? It all has to be church based. So that when I turned 18, I was dating someone and we just, we, we all went to the same church. Um, back then I thought I was in, madly in love. It was really much puppy love because what I know now about love was nowhere near. That was definitely not love. And so you get into this church rhetoric, but when we say that, oh, we've picked the wrong person, what we're saying is, is that we are not checking ourselves for what we're reflecting. Now, everybody was like, oh my gosh, why would she have dated this bad boy? Well, because I was having bad girl tendencies and no one was actually knowing about it because as the PK that I needed to be, we put on facades, right? So we have our certain look for the church and we had our certain look for when we went to school and we had our certain look when we went other places. So you used to wearing like mask. Church people, church kids are great at wearing masks because they are still learning themselves, but they're in an environment where they're really restricted and constricted. And all of us, no matter if you was in church or not, all everyone has an ability to wear a mask and to be whomever you choose to be. And so I would find that when I was growing up, I made it seem as if it was like this bad boy phase. Reality was is that the guys that I was considered that were considered a bad boy were reflections of who I was and different parts of myself, to be honest with you. So anybody that I've dated, they really were a reflection of who I was. And so there really wasn't really anything bad about them, except for the fact that they were just matching up to the part of me that spoke to them that that basically agreed. How can two walk unless they agree? My life was in in a point of agreement. So when you date somebody and you say, I picked the wrong guy, I picked the wrong girl, you pick the reflection of yourself of things that you have not either dealt with or things you need to get to deal with. Like you need to get it together. on. And so I'm aware of that now, obviously, because I'm in a almost eight year marriage with my husband. And so a lot of things that everybody was like, well, why would she why would she choose him? Well, one, he was a re- he's a, there's parts of him that's a reflection of who I am. There's a parts of him that a reflection of me we are drawn to each other for whatever our reasons are and that's how it starts so I'm always aware that I've been making more aware I want to say in the last couple of years because me and my husband have made this really big challenge of 
making sure that we're not just a husband and wife, that we're also each other's partner, because sometimes as a husband and wife, you do things out of rhetoric. You do things because it's the thing you're supposed to do. I may decide to fix him a plate because I just felt like fixing a plate because I may feel not that it's a women's job, but I feel like it's just the thing I do. But I'm looking at it, we're looking at it together as like, what does this other person need from me? And instead of me getting caught up or him getting caught up on what we think that person needs, let's give that person what they really need. And we're not perfected by the long shot, but we're working at it. And that's the goal now. The goal is not to have these ridiculous relationship goals, these Jada Pickett and these Will Smith goals. Like, that's not it. There are no entanglements. Um, It's straight up, you either cheated or you didn't. And each other have to decide if that's an, if that's a deal breaker. And, um, you know, you have to be very clear about when you entangle yourself, not that an entanglement, but when you get into a relationship with someone, whether you're dating them, whether you're engaged, whether you're married to them, you have to be really clear about what that person reflects and what they look like for you. What are they reflecting for you? And so, When I start to see things in my husband that I'm like really irritated by, it's nine times, literally, if I'm truly, truly honest, yes, there are things that he does that gets on my last nerves and he alone has to work those things out or not. But if I'm honest, a lot of times it's because there's some things that I have to work out in myself. So I say to myself, okay, you're noticing that. Let's speak about it. Let's be real about it. Let's be, let's talk about that in love to him but then let's also see where you line up too because it's easy to point out but it's always 15 fingers coming back in so I'm always aware of my 15 fingers and I work on my 15 so I can feel at least five seconds justified about speaking up about that one thing that I'm noticing and that's for us I mean you can do what you choose to do it just works for us to be kind of honest in that in that regards because you will sit there and have somebody like if you ever had your relationship you've been in a long-term relationship you get to the point where even their chewing irks your spirit. And we've had these moments like they these waves come. I don't care how much you love a person. These waves come where like little things will complete you, completely set you completely off. And you're like, man, this person is the most irritating person I have ever met. But it's just a wave. And, it, and if you can ride those waves and be honest with during those waves, you can be loving during those waves and still keep your commitment and responsibility towards yourself and that person, then you can get past those waves. And I'm not talking about the waves of abuse, right? Let's not do that. If you have a person that's condescending and they're disrespectful and they're abusing you, we're not telling you to ride not near wave. I need you to get on up and get and get an exit plan. Now, when I was growing up, I've unfortunately seen my fair share of domestic um, abuse. I'm not saying that my parents were domestically abusing each other, but I have seen seen it and I've been around it enough to know that if you are in a situation where you are in any way being harmed because you could be harmed financially like there is actual financial abuse this is why even if you're a housewife you need to get a skill set something you can do you can sell have something you can do to try to make money off of to just try to generate some type of an income because you always want to have a skill set. Like when I got married, my mom said something very crazy to me and I thought she was just being off. But she reminded me, you know, as much as you love your husband, you're about to get married and take this journey. Remember, at any point, you could be a single person at any given point. Now, that doesn't mean she was insinuating that my husband was going to cheat on me. What she was saying is life happens and it happens quick. Always have a backup plan. 
and never let him or anyone else be your permanent plan. Like men are not financial plans. It's just not. I know that celebrity lives have allowed us to believe that men or women are our financial plan. It's that that's just not the way life is attended. And so if you are the type of person that is in an abusive situation, because abuse comes in many forms, we know we're talking about gaslighting in these days. It's very real. And you got to get to the point where you get sick and tired of that. But you got to also have a plan. Um, Grown up, because I was exposed to some domestic violence, I realized that you can't just say I'm leaving and make these church announcements and say I'm out. Right. Sometimes it's because you have to endure and deal with some things, but you got to learn how to have that exit plan. Meaning I've seen where women would uh, mail their financial situations, their banking information to someone else that they could trust. So they had pertinent information in someone else's home that they could trust. They had backups to like their birth certificate, social security card and things like that. Again, in another place where they could trust. They would do things like, you know, wait till that person was at work or just have, you know, different cell phones or different things like you've got to learn to move smart. Sometimes you can't just roll up in there telling about what you're going to do. Even in life, when you're making when you're doing things, you can't always just be blurting out what you're going to do. Like it's better to walk in silence and then make it big impacts. Because sometimes that may be the safest way for you to get out. People always condemn people that stay in these abusive relationships as if this was like a plan. Like you woke up and said, I'm going to continue taking it. Now, some of that is emotional. Some of that is mental. Some of that is self-esteem that people take things over and over again. But some people are literally just walking a little slow and they got a plan. So I'm always about women having a plan, have a plan, work that plan. Because again, like my mom told me, you never know when you're going to be single. So I'm always cognitive of that. And in relationships, I'm always aware. And I'm not because I'm trying to run or leave. But again, my husband is not my it's not my financial plan. So what can I do? What what skills that are already inside of me that I can mature and, and perfect and then make make a couple coins off of? Because, listen, we all got to move in this world. And ain't nothing in life free. So how can I? utilize the God-given gifts that are already on the inside of me that are waiting to be put out there and then make a living off of that or make a side hustle or make that my my journey like that's the that's always the key so as this mirror reflects and you're going through these waves I am not encouraging anyone to stay in any form of an abusive relationship to the I'm not ever condemning or telling anyone to stay I'm always saying get the heck out of there but just go right right be smart in how you move get a plan and so now that I'm always looking at this mirror about how I'm reflective of my relationship I am very aware that there's some things about myself that I am got to get together right I can't be short-tempered just because I'm upset and I can't even use the fact that I know that um, I'm episodic depression that that becomes now the excuse well you know I do with a b and c like that's like that gets old, right? The person is always using the thing that they are, that they are know you are aware of and always using that as they're, they're out. That's not acceptable either. I cannot treat my husband any type of way, nor would I expect for him to do the same just because he's dealing with something. My husband, unfortunately, had to deal with the, the passing of his mother. And although the emotions of that has been intense, and even at points where I felt isolated because I felt, I felt like I couldn't help him through that. 
And there are times when I actually just cannot, let's just be real. Like, I don't know what it's like to lose my mother, my mother, no matter what is going on, she's still here. And so I can't only do, but so much, but in spite of that, he's never, you know, treated me ill will just because he lost his mom and he was processing like during the grieving process, which he's actively still doing. It's going to be almost four years. That's going to always be the thing, but he doesn't, he can't use that as an excuse that he's never has. And I'm grateful. Because sometimes we go through things and we say, well, I'm just, you knew that that's how I was. And if you can say that to me and say that, you knew that's how I was, then how come you're not checking that how I was part? How come you ain't making that line up to something better? So we cannot use, and, and it doesn't even matter about relationships, not remote romantic relationships. That's any relationship. The excuse of that's just how I am. I get so irritated hearing that. Because it's not an excuse to continue to have bad behavior and make bad choices towards other people just because you feel like this is just how I am. That's beautiful, but I need you to get get it on together. That's not going to work in this day and age. We just can't continue doing it. So as we're reflecting, as we are moving and as things are changing, like I don't know how y'all can understand how rapidly things are changing every day I'm almost scared sometimes to turn my my phone or my laptop or whatever on because the information is like flooding and flooding and flooding between racial inequality you got COVID you got ridiculous people you got people that just don't make no sense and just want to be harmful and hurtful nasty and ugly in the world things change and they're changing so fast that it's hard to keep up I want us to do something I, I want us to take away from today's uh, conversation with toy is that I want you to check in with people for real I've had some friends that reached out to me these last couple of days and they've been so real and raw and I've just been like Lord how can I help them reassure them that they're okay that this is normal that they're doing the same thing or going through the same thing as other people because again I keep talking about this whole being connected but it's true when your friends reach out to you you don't don't ask them and you can't even afford at this point to ask people just simple how are you doing like you got to go and just ask some follow-up questions that require responses because i would be so amiss to miss someone not being able to feel like they could confide in me and granted not everybody has to be open all the time but i want to make sure that i keep that space especially when you have real friends we're not talking about acquaintances i haven't even talked to if they're acquaintances, there's a good chance that I have not had a full solid conversation with people at this point. It's not rude. It's not ignorant. It's not disrespectful. But I don't have space on the plate of crazy life to entertain people who don't want to take up space in my life. Does that make sense? So I don't go out of my way. I don't feel bad about that, about entertaining and having and adding people onto my plate that don't want to be on my plate. I mean, this is not like when your kids don't want to eat vegetables, they kind of slowly throw the peas off to the side and try to pretend that it fell. Is that just my kids? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally putting people onto your plate and then trying to figure out where they all belong, who don't, who are not supposed to be on your plate. Have you realized that when you do that, when you extend yourself that way, when you are adding extra people on there that don't belong, something always just goes left? At least for me, it does. And that's usually an indication you doing too much. I be like, Latoya, now, you know, you doing team too much. You're not supposed to have them on your plate. That's why the plate is becoming too big and crashes usually. 
So I try to divide and take people off my plate, off my heart, off my mind um, that are not supposed to be in there because I don't have enough space to keep people who don't need to be on there. I had a friend that reached out to me a couple of weeks ago. And when I say friend, let me just say acquaintance because they've now made themselves an acquaintance. We were friends and they made themselves acquaintance because I haven't talked to them in years. Now you can pick up with somebody that you have not talked to in years and it pick up like it's never been before. But this conversation was a little different and it went just like this. Hey, Toy, um, you didn't get my daughter a birthday gift. What happened? I thought to myself, wait a minute. Now I have not talked to you in years. Now I was sending their kid a birthday gift every year. I stopped that. I want to say in the last year or maybe this may be the second year. Now, granted, I don't do things for tit for tat. So although the person has never acknowledged my children's birthday or never got my children a birthday gift. And since my youngest might have been like one, I never try to associate that. I don't try to do tit for tat. But the reality of it is, is that I had not seen them if my youngest is six. So it's been five years. I have not seen them in five years and I've tried to keep up with them as much as possible. But it was a one way street. So why would I why am I in a position of extending myself? And it's literally just one sided. So that's the part where when you start to become almost 40 and I know when I get 40, like everybody talks about that bub coming on. Everybody has talked to my mom has said the same thing. I have friends who've turned 40. I have family members that turn 40. And they're like, listen, when you start to get around 40, you just, you don't got time for it. I'm seeing that already. I don't have time to entertain one-sided relationships. I just don't. It's not personal. It's not disrespectful. It's not being mean. It's not being callous. It's just that I don't have the space. We're literally in a battle of our lives. And I'm really going out my way to pick up somebody that doesn't want to be saved, that doesn't want to be on the team. I don't have time to recruit. Right. I don't have time to recruit because I'm so busy showing so much love to those who are already on the team that I don't have time to see if we want new members on the team. It's like having a full basketball team and you already have uh, you already have your subs and you're going to get extra people. Why? Why are you doing that? Especially when it's one sided. I don't have the energy. I treat people with all the love and respect. I have no malice towards anyone, but I don't have space in my life to pick up extra subs for no reason especially when it's a one-sided relationship I'm done I've been done with one-sided relationships for like the last five years I just been on an eliminating spree you know when people block you on social media I do I practice that in real life right we're so good at made church announcements about we're leaving social media I get so tired of those announcements please just go like go and come back when the spirit gives you utterance. Like when you feel like you're good and you're healthy enough to come back, come on in. But when you want to leave, just go ahead out. Do not make announcement. Stop telling folks, you know, you can reach me. You, If you got my number, you can reach me. If you already got your number, you probably already sent the text message. You ain't even got to do all that. Just go ahead and go and come on back in the flock when you're ready for it. Seriously, just go. But I don't have time to entertain this. You know, well, how come you didn't? I didn't get your daughter a birthday gift. Child, I ain't seen you, sis. I ain't seen you. Happy birthday to your baby. Let them know that we love them in a real way. But I, I, don't, I don't have the energy to pick up subs and extra subs. I just don't have the energy. And so I'm not. So like I said, I literally will block somebody in my actual real life. I do not give people a front seat to my life that don't deserve it. You don't deserve to know when stuff hits. You're not even, you know, we don't talk all the time. We're not, when, when, the, when the announcement goes out, there's the announcement. There you go. Oh, how come you didn't tell me? 
Now, some people like I have my best friend. I didn't tell her a couple of things. She kind of went off. That's not the same thing. I'm talking about people you ain't seen in the month of Sundays. And they like, girl, how come you ain't tell me you was getting the podcast? Girl, how come you ain't? I ain't talked to you, sis. I ain't seen you in a hot minute. And it's not personal. When you're in a fight of our lives as we are right now, I just don't have time to just check on everybody. Like I can't save everybody. I got to do what I got to do according to the path that I'm that I have. That's not being ignorant because I don't have time to just entertain foolishness. Like I just don't have the time. And I know people say they don't have time. I don't want to make the time. Like, can I be honest? Like, I don't even want to make the time to save the nation. I don't have that type of energy to do that on one side of relationships. It's hard already trying to maintain two sided relationships when you got people going back and forth that really love you and you just got to work it out. It's enough. So if you're out here entertaining one side of relationships, you are going to be burned and you're going to be tired. You know how tiring it is. I remember back in the day. Oh, my gosh. When I would like, you know, you'd like the boy and like the guy and he liked you. You liked him more than he liked you. Or you were just one of him, one of his little peoples. Like when I first met my husband now my husband now he he when he first met me he said I was gonna be his main John now I'm affiliate so I get what a John is now but I was like even then I was like nah bro I don't do I don't do main things like I'm not gonna be a part of the team you're not gonna rotate me basically what he was trying to say was is that he wanted to just date he didn't want to be in a committed relationship and that just wasn't my thing I've always been a relationship person I really wish that I actually would have said yes And the reason why is not because I felt like I wanted to be rotated, but because it's actually pretty healthy to date around without sleeping around, but just dating around is actually nothing wrong with that. But at the time, because the PK in me could not see past that, I was like, oh, I'm only dating to get married. How are you dating to get married at 18, sis? How are you dating to get married at 18? You don't know yourself. Some 18 year olds can do it. Kudos to you. But the large majority of 18 year olds don't know who they are. They're still kids. They ain't nothing but big kids that are legal kids. That's all you are is a legal kid. And so I wish I really would have went back and kind of changed some things, especially during my, my college, my college career. Cause the reality of it is, is that, yeah, like it's okay and healthy to say you just want to date somebody without having to lock them down. You ain't got to lock down every person you meet, like every person you meet ain't husband. Right. And I know eventually we're going to get to that point, but like you have to be able to say that's where you are. And 18, I wasn't there. But in my mind, I kept telling myself I was there because you know why? I was at a married, marriage minded church. That's all they talk about. And if you were single, you know, you was just living for the devil and everything else that you did was just wrong. Yes. Those type of churches. Totally not where I'm at now. But yeah, I kind of wish I kind of was just like, yeah, you know what? It's healthy. It's yeah, that's fine. And then did me too, right? And then been honest and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm a date, you can date. And then if we decide that we want to be exclusive, then that's different than just saying, I want to be exclusive right off the bat. Nah. So we talked a lot <laughs> about a lot of things and just trying to check in and just don't give nobody more energy than what they give you it really should just be about equal energy energy matters transfers of energy matters and energy matters matters I used to be the type of person that would just be given 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 and then be broken because I gave everything like I said just you know meeting that guy that you liked more than they liked you and then getting mad because they didn't like you as much as you liked them but you knew that they didn't like you like you be knowing you be knowing that that person didn't care nothing about you wasn't really about you you know, it was just like a thing. Y'all just had a little fling. You didn't want to say that it's what it was. And so then you're like, well, I want more than what it's supposed to be. I'm in love with him. 
You ain't even know him. Didn't know his last name. Barely. Didn't know nothing about his family. Barely. You didn't get to see when he was angry. You didn't get to see when he was happy. You didn't get to see when he would get hungry or when there these little, these little tests that happen in relationships. You ain't get to see none of that. You only see that person at one way. I really wish I could go back and date differently. Not that I want to date, not that I'm not satisfied, not that I'm trying to get into some entanglements. I'm just saying that if I had the sense of what I know now versus what I knew then and the ways of which I moved back then, I probably would be, it would just be different. That's all I'm saying. It would be different. And so, um, yeah, I want us to all get to the point where we are very cognizant of how we meet and treat each other and how we check in with one another. I want us to really take some time to really check in with our friends, our loved ones, and see what you really can do to help. Like for me, some of my mom friends, we're going to start getting together with the school year because, again, we're either going to be in hybrid or we're going to be in full stay at home. And that's hard. Just me thinking about that makes me fill up, want to fill up my wine glass. Like just make me think about that. Just my wine glass is already filling up. I can see it. Because it's not easy. Like kudos to you stay at home to not you stay at home because I used to be a stay at home mom. But to women that's always been, you know, like a homeschool teacher. You are probably already seasoned and know how to balance yourself a lot better than maybe me who has not done it. But when you add in the fact that there is a pandemic, like this is not regular times, right? We are in a situation where you can literally die and not be here at the next season. I'm trying to make sure all the people that live in my house are in the next season and the season after that and as many seasons as we can get together combined. And so we're living in times where it's not just about simply existing like we're trying to fight to keep ourselves clean and clear and our minds right because people are leaving this earth left and right I've had so many near-death situations with COVID with family members right now my heart has been just like on a teeter-totter like I feel like it's like up down middle everywhere it's all over the place and so when you couple that with just regular life my friends and I have decided that we are going to do a standard check-in with each other where we wait for the kids to go down, we will be checking in with each other, we will make sure that we ask more than just the surface level questions, we're going to be a safe place for us to cry, to get frustrated, to get mad, to speak authentically to each other, and really just have that space. Because if we don't, how are we going to make it through another whole semester? Because we don't know what's going to happen in the winter, they're claiming that there's going to be, you know, they claim something every day, like one moment is going to be a new surge coming in. And then we see that the surges are happening. And then it may be another something's going to go down in the wintertime. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that as many seasons I can get us to all be together and safe. That's what we got to go through. But our me and my friends are going to get together to try to support each other as much as we possibly can. And as much as we want to debate people online, let's make our relationships tighter offline, right? I don't mind getting on there and arguing with the, the worst of the folks on, on, on the internet. But I want to make sure that I can connect with the people that I care about the most offline. And so I need us to all promise each other that we're going to do that. We're going to do a lot better at checking each other, checking into each other, making sure that we're there for each other making sure that we become a better support system because reality is that we really do need each other and we're all going through similarities together. It may not be exactly the same, but there's a lot of similarities similarities, and we just need to like really come together and get through some things. 
and speak to each other in a better lovingly way. My God, we got enough tearing down. If, listen, you go on the Internet for one hour. Come back and tell me if you ain't seen nothing negative in the, like the first five, ten minutes. You ain't even got to just click on your first um, app and you're going to see something crazy. So let's just do a lot better and make sure that we show love, that we show care, that we show that we're there for each other and that we really support each other. Because, again, this is like a mental health check in. This is let's talk about it. Let's put some things on the table. And this is that space to really grow and figure out what it is that we're supposed to be bringing out of our out of each out of ourselves to give to somebody else like I want to be a gift to someone when they leave my presence when they listen to this podcast that they're like oh god I can breathe again I can breathe because I can be honest and I don't have to have it all put together and I don't got to be politically correct all the time we ain't got to be disrespectful but we ain't got always got to be all get it everything together but we want to be able to have this space so we can grow we can't grow from places when we're having our hands clenched because we're so in a fight mode the reality of it is, is that we have enough on our plate we are all struggling in some way but I want us to figure out how can we get ourselves to be better so again if you need to see a therapist begin the process now of trying to look for a therapist especially if you can get something in line for your children for this next school year get it in line because emotionally they're going to be struggling with not being able to socialize like they want to be so we got to get get or gear around them and gear around yourself I am already putting into practice what can I do to help myself during this time because I'm going to need it and I'm honest about that you're probably going to need it too so let's comfort one another. Let's find a way to be better. And until the next time, we'll have more conversations that we can talk about and how we're going to get better and how we're going to use these lessons of things that we've gone through to get us to our better place going forward. We'll be back next week. I have some amazing uh, things that we're going to already going to be on the plate to talk about. And of course, I'm always going to add anything that new that pops up, especially with like COVID times, I'm going to add that in as well, every single episode, because we have to be able to talk about them and support each other. So till next week, we'll see each other then. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.